I've just about had enough of you. What is a Christmas? Oh, Santa Claus! I wish you the very best of everything. It is an occasion for great joy and peace on the planet Earth. If we hurry, we can get back in time for Christmas Eve. Hello, and welcome to another episode of 50 Years of Shit Robots. Quick, come on in and um, dust off your snowy shoulders, and uh, Stephen Murray will take your coat, and Stephen... (laughs) Just like Marvin, (laughs) given menial tasks. Brain the size of a planet. (laughs) We just get him to do the coats. Welcome to... Another Advent edition of 50 Years of Shit Robots with Matt Brown. Hello, and Stephen Murray. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Can I take your coat? (laughs) Now, good news is, everyone, Stephen Murray's got two pairs of glasses on again. So that that means there's been some extraordinary research been done (laughs) that that requires extra magnification. So let's open the uh, next Advent door. And behind the door, goodness, it looks like some sort of suit of armour. What is it, Stephen Murray? Well, it's an Italian-German suit of armour, and inside there is mechanics to make it move, designed by Leonardo da Vinci. Now, what can the knight do, then? Well, according to different um, sites and journals, um, it can beat its chest and play drum noises as it does so. It could stand up. Uh, and it could open its mouth with a authentic articulated jaw. You know what this reminds me of? Go on. It reminds me of the, those robots that we chatted about, which were the robots that would go around and be seen by groups of people, like in the 30s, like the real-life oh, yeah. robots. Real-life robot, the Westinghouse robot. Yeah. Is it an automaton? Would that be fair? Or, or... Uh, Yes, I would I would say that it is an automaton, but it had some programmable cogs in it. Why did he, why did he build this? We're not sure whether he actually did build it. We know he built the, the Lion, which was huge. Okay. Um, the, self, the self-propelled cart was probably built. But all the schematics for the robot were laid down in uh, folio 579R of the Code- Codex Atlanticus. The, a codex is just a notebook. Leonardo used to write on such large sheets of, of vellum or paper that uh, it's called Atlanticus because the guy who compiled them all after his death laid them out on sheets of paper that were meant to be for an atlas, which is why it's called uh, Atlanticus. So we've got the schematics for the robot. And they are there, and they are, and if you look at them, you can imagine exactly what it does. And if you put them together, which it has been done, it does do those things. Whether or not it was ever built, we don't know. But the lion was built. Yes. So this was a robot lion, uh, the world's first robotic lion, according yeah. to, to my notes, which was a, a welcome gift for King Louis the Twelfth. Yeah. And it was created in 1509. But then it says that then um, a few years later, Pope Leo X commissioned da Vinci to create a second mechanical lion, which he was going to give to Francis I, who was the new king of France. 
And then there was a third lion built as well, but apparently nobody seems to know what <laughs> what happened to that. I think what everybody really should realise is Leonardo da Vinci had like a factory. Right. Everybody thinks he's like he's on his own and he's doing all of these things. You know, he he was I think he was one of the probably one of the first artists to have an enormous factory of people creating paintings, creating items. So it was a production line. Okay. The um the nice thing about the lions though, as opposed to the the knight, is that there there is primary evidence of the lions' existence. Yes. Because Michelangelo wrote about the second lion's stunning design yeah. and capabilities. So that's cool. And then you said that there was a cart as well, like a, a self, self-moving self propelling cart. I've seen an illustration of the self-propelling cart and it could move from one place. Again, it was kind of like programmable and you could make it moved. It's a bit like another one of these crap toys I got for Christmas. Yeah. It is which exactly was a car that. That, that you could program it with a, a huge piece of cardboard with holes in it. Yeah. I'm not saying that Leonardo da Vinci's self-propelling cart was rubbish. Yeah. It would have been marvellous. So you could program it to go to various different places. Yeah. In fact, there's I've, I've, there's a video online of some people who've recreated it. Really? Um, yeah. So you can see it. they've recreated it in wood. Uh, it looks very fancy, but it does. It's, it's sort of like, yeah, it's something that you can sort of give basic programming to, which is very cool. That, yeah. But the thing about all of this is it flies in the face of... Um, the religious hierarchy at the time, which is why uh, Leonardo da Vinci wanted a lot of his books burning, oh, his it? codex. Yeah, but, but a lot of them, the vast majority were saved because they were heretical. He wanted to be known for his paintings, but he never bloody finished most of them. Why were they Why were they heretical, be- though? Because they were, a lot of the stuff that he was doing was based on the writings of the uh, Roman architect Vitruvius. And he and if to, to combine the human form with architecture is moving away from the architecture of God. It's it, it was at this point that things were becoming sciences were becoming fixed and separated from church. Right. I think we really, really need to understand the overarching power of the church at the time. Yeah. I'm just surprised yeah, but- that they didn't go, oh, look, one of God's create- creatures has has made this amazing thing. He's not, he's not pretending that he's imbuing life to something, is he? He's just saying, I've put some cogs together and with these pegs, and here you go. Well, another thing that Leonardo da Vinci did extensively was um, autopsies. And he would he would look at the human body and understand it. And his drawings of the human body are remarkable. And these drawings inspired the the internal workings because they, of of the robot because they had articulated joints, and they used um, wires and strings like muscles. Wow, that is and so very to combine those things to combine architecture as a discipline and the human body, then that was moving too far away from God as the architect of the human form. Interesting. I've got a memory as well of discovering that Michelangelo also used to go to autopsies. He did. And and that the reason why the Sistine Chapel ceiling is so anatomically brilliant is because he would go to those autopsies. So, Uh, Apart from his depictions of women. I thought you were going to say from his depictions of willies then. (laughs) (laughs) No, he had an extensive knowledge of those. He did. I just there is a tomb. I just there need is a... to do some more research on uh, <laughs> on, on the, the on the willies. Can you show me the willies? 
there is a tomb that he carved and literally it's got women draped on it and they're just muscular men with, with breasts. <laughs> it is so obvious. <laughs> he wasn't wasn't hiding anything, was he? No, not at all. And it's incredible to think that Leonardo and Michelangelo were contemporaries as well. Mm. I think that in, in many years' time, will people look upon this period now when we had both Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi <laughs> at the same time as being, as being the equivalent? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, should we shut the door on Leonardo's bots? Yeah, you'll have to push hard because the robot is trying to get out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll program his pegs and get him back inside. Right. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Do tell all your friends about this. There's a few more robot advents before Christmas. And on Christmas Day itself, we will hopefully, fingers crossed, unless we all come down with something, be <laughs> be doing a very special um, Christmas edition of 50 Years of Shit Robots. So until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Happy Christmas, John. Happy Christmas, Yoko.